down and you're held to leather golf carts. The straight people, people terrifying their own children, living in a world only they can understand. They'll bug you. They'll bug your mind. The straight people. people. You'll see them in breakfast nooks across the country, smoking cigarettes, drinking martinis, driving two cars. The straight people. people. You'll join them, hanging out at redemption centers, licking glue, making deals with total strangers. The straight people. people. You'll be inside their minds as they say, Anything more from the supermarket, honey? We are back, and that could only have been the works of the Fire Sign Theater. Speaking with us today is one-fourth of the Fire Sign Theater, Phil Proctor. Let, let's come forward from uh, your link to 30s, 40s radio up to the present. You guys are recently uh, generating some uh, some bits for National Public Radio on, on All Things Considered. Well, we're not doing that anymore because we National Public Radio has now become not public radio. So they, they reined you in a bit? No, what they did was they basically, they, they do what everybody does when they want to censor comedians. They say, that's not funny. When we did pieces, we, don't, we haven't been doing it for uh, almost two years now, although we released an album which had some of the pieces that they censored called... Um, what was All it Things called? Fire Sign. Yes, thank you. All Things Fire Sign which is available on Artemis Records, if and you want to hear it. Well, you got some good clips. Let's, let, let's play for our, our listeners uh, oh, cool. a couple tracks of that. Okay. Tips Hotline, this is Anthrax, Ashcroft. Mr. Ashcroft, I'd like to report some suspicious activity. Are you a loyal American trucker, letter carrier, train conductor, ship captain, utility employee, or other? Sir, I'm a loyal American meter reader other out here on Crystal Meth Road in Elmertown, and I'm getting a big surge of power in a residence out here. Mm, good tip. If it's an indoor pot factory, we can take it out with a weed-seeking Rocky Max 2, but it could be men of the desert persuasion. Who? Arab son, pumping up the heat to simulate their homeland conditions. Look, Tipster, can you take somebody into custody or something? Uh, no, sir. I just read the numbers going around the little windows and oh, That's more than they'll let me do. Listen, this conversation is strictly orange alert sub rosa, and I'm not even talking to you, right? Anything you say. I didn't say anything. Right. Now get inside and see if they'll offer you one of those little cups of sweet coffee. Sir, I don't drink coffee. Then would you wave, please? Huh? Look up and wave. Okay. Say cheese. I'll Got it. Now you'd better leave the area, tipster, so as not to incite any collateral damage. The Immigration Ranger Squat Squad is only minutes away. Sir, can, can I get a copy of my picture? Of course you can. It's all part of Operation Tips, your volunteer homeland terrorism information and prevention system. Train now to be the extra-legal eyes and ears that the feds need to get up close and personal with neighborhood terrorists. It's toll-free. 1-555-666-TIPS. This is Reverend Bill Barnstormer from the First Deformed Church of Science Fiction. And I'd like to speak to all the Willies and Wilmas out there about the new No Jokes About America legislation pending now before Congress. Sure, I know most of you get your jokes from Cosby's kids and those pathetic lost souls getting temporarily rich and famous on the Poverty Channel's new hit, Orwell Free. But we must never again let ourselves laugh at a president or a vice president who not only can't say he's not a crook, but can't put one word ahead of another and whistle America under wraps at the same time. We must rid our airwaves, fun parks, nightclubs, and rock bands of jokes which can only aid and abet our enemies. 
we must learn to take seriously our unelected administrative undersecretaries. Because doing otherwise undermines our ability to save us from ourselves. So, if you agree with me that the rest of our precious country ought to be run just like an airport security checkpoint, tell your congressperson to vote yes for no jokes about America. We did it in a studio uh, down in Santa Monica, sitting around a big round table, the way we used to do Radio Free Oz. And, uh, and if one of us or two of us couldn't make it to the actual uh, live gathering, because we recorded these things whenever we could get together, we would, we would connect by satellite link, okay? So we all, which is a wonderful new you know, process. We, we also did you know, a whole year's worth of shows on XM yeah, radio. On yeah, you guys year. were on XM when it first got started. Yeah. And, that, and we would do the same thing. We, all four of us would gather together. David Osmond lives up on Whidbey Island. Phil Austin has a place uh, on uh, Elliott Bay in Tacoma. And so they're sometimes out of town while Peter and I live here in the uh, Hollywood, Los Angeles area. Any, so, uh, any chance you guys are going to go back on, on satellite? Well, we don't know. You know, we, we, we've been trying to get involved with uh, Air America. But we find it very difficult. We found it very difficult to get involved with Air America, even though Danny Goldberg is now the president, and he was uh, a guy that we, we knew back in the 60s and 70s, a very a fine manager and a, a bright, funny guy. You know, Air, uh, Air America needs fire strength there. They need, they need to be a little wackier. They need a little, little, bit, little bit looser. Yeah, sure, we agree, but they, they don't. So <laughs> it's unlikely you'll hear us on Air America for a while. But we, the, we, the, the BBC you know, has, has some interest in you, don't they? The BBC is talking about a reunion? Oh, well, we are, yeah. We have been asked to do a show, not a show, but to, to do one show on the BBC at the end of the year. And uh, we may be able to get everybody together. It may be one of those things. Phil Austin doesn't like to fly, uh, so, and he doesn't take drugs anymore either. And so... Uh, <laughs> Uh, we probably can't get him high enough to get over there. So we may have to, to have him uh, uh, flying high in the sky by satellite when we do whatever, and design the show accordingly. They also did a show on American uh, audio comedy last summer, <clears throat> which featured Fireside Theater along with our friend George Carlin and various other uh, credibility cap and, and Stan Freeberg and people like that. So that was pretty cool. So yes, there is a possibility. But, but basically, to do radio, Doug, especially when we're not all in the same place all the time, is very difficult these days. And to find an outlet for our long-form radio is impossible. Because I would imagine you kind of have to be in the same room to be playing off one another. It, it's, it's best if we do it that way, because then we can give one another visual cues. Sure. You know, sure. And we can also, uh, like jazz musicians, we can, we can riff off of one another more easily. But we can do it when we're just in our ears. You know, yeah. if, if one of us is in our ears, we're, we've, we've uh, developed techniques that allow us to, to let other, other voices happen and other comic rhythms occur. But it's best when we're all together. Final, final question. I just sort of have a question and comment I have for you. I, I noticed in an interview with your alma mater, you said that you thought that comedy was really an instinct and that people raised in families with a sense of humor seemed to carry the genes for it, which something, <laughs> I found that to be fascinating. I, I do think it's true. I, I believe a lot in uh, a, a genetic pro progenation or genetic uh, influences. Um, I come from an Amish and Irish ancestry. Amish? Uh, Amish and Irish, yes. If you want to read about my, my family, uh, you can Google a book called Rosanna of the Amish by my great uncle Joe, Joseph W. Yoder. 
Y-O-D-E-R, Yoder. And I'm a Yoder on my mother's side. And a Yoda on Firesign's side. <laughs> uh, and, uh, and the Irish-Amish connection, you'll, you'll see what it's all about. It happened in Pennsylvania. And, but I inherited many of his talents. I mean, at least that's the only way I can, I can uh, explain why I'm a linguist and a polyglot and have a musical ear that I had when I was even a baby. I, could, I can hear music and repeat it. I can hear melodies and repeat them. I can harmonize. I can teach. I can act. I can, I can write. I can do all those things. And I'm a, and I'm a troublemaker. <laughs> so you, where did you that think, come from? You think it's in your genes. You think the, gene, think the genes trump Amish the environment. Genes. I'm wearing my Amish jeans right now, in fact. And <laughs> they're, they're quite impressive. So what, what can you say? And I'm bearded. I'm wearing a beard now, too, like the Amish. That, you, you wear a beard when you're married in the Amish tradition. Wow. So Phil, what a life, huh? Phil it's not Proctor, over yet. It's, it's been a riot. We, we enjoy this very much. I hope that I've stimulated you to, uh, to do some research and Googling and development and well, I, have I, some fun with all these. I these, think we uh, have. Links. I think there's a, there's a generation to, to, that I'm shocked that doesn't know you guys as well as they ought to, and I think that uh, we, we've yeah. taken some steps to correct that deficiency. Put us in your ears. I've been saying for decades that the thing about the Firesign Theater is that it triggers synapses in your brain, and if you listen to one, you'll feel it happen to you, and you, after you've listened to Firesign, you walk out of there, and man, you're high. You're, you're ready. I mean, your brain is, is, is zipping I, along. I guess that explains why that uh, guy at the neurobiology lab had, a, had a, a, quite a cluster of your CDs under his arm as he was going in last week. There you are. It exercises <laughs> your brain. It'll help you in your schoolwork. Okay. <laughs> Phil Proctor, it's been a riot. Thanks so much. Thanks. Anytime. Call me anytime. We'll talk some more. All right. We'd love to. Okay. Good luck, everybody. All right. We've got a few minutes left in today's program, so I think we'll probably try and do some science and lighthearted fare. Um, in the lighthearted department, we would have uh, an article I felt like I felt that I should comment on from uh, from the Sacramento Bee, the pop music preview last weekend. It noted that uh, that Sacramento doesn't seem to attract the big acts, perhaps like it should. And in the article, they pointed out an example of some of the big acts we're missing out on, which included. Kelly Clarkson, the Mars Volta, and Eminem. And uh, with perhaps some apologies to my fellow DJs of music here at KDVS who may disagree, I would say that if not being able to draw Eminem keeps the greater Davis-Sacramento area as uh, sort of a second-class status, well, then I think we should stay in a second-class status. But that's, hey, that's just my personal opinion. And we should note that the opinions you hear on this program or, or any other program here on KDVS do not necessarily represent those of the staff here at the station, those of any of our um, underwriters, or the University of California. But you knew that. And we have a report from uh, Hamid Karzai, the Afghan president who apparently debunked the Department of State predictions that Afghanistan is on the verge... <laughs> I love this. On the verge of becoming a narco state, the Afghan president said his country could be free of opium poppies in five or six years. But we can't wait to see some other predictions by Hamid Karzai. Let's see. Cars that'll run on water, robot housekeepers, and suitcases that fold up into spaceships like on the Jetsons. 
And speaking of spaceships, it's been reported that the twin Voyager space probes, which are now, uh, have passed the milestone of 10,000 days of continuous mission operations, are uh, apparently nearing the border at which the sun's influence on local space ends, and it basically enters that area of interstellar space. Now, it's been estimated that these spacecraft could last as long as 13, 14 more years, if uh, some money is spent to maintain the missions. Unfortunately, uh, Voyager mission scientists are worried. Uh, There's been an effort in a cost-cutting measure to consider shutting off, or basically turning off, both these functioning spacecraft, which are, you know, uh, which are operating on the edge of the solar system. This would be a very big mistake. It's going to be a long time before any other probes are out in that area. Ed Stone, Dr. Ed Stone of Caltech, who is the chief scientist for the Voyager project, said, quote, I'm concerned because this is the only chance we're going to get for several decades to understand how our sun interacts with the surrounding material in the galaxy. It has already taken us 27 years to get where we are, and there's no mission currently underway that would replace it. It is literally a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. So uh, I hope they don't shut off these, these spacecraft to save $3 million a year. How long does it take to spend $3 million in Iraq? Can someone do the math on this? I'm, I'm sure we spend that uh, every few hours. Three final science items. The word hormone celebrates its 100th anniversary in June. Uh, they were looking for a term to describe chemical messengers that operate inside the body, and, and no one had one until someone coined hormone. That was actually Ernest Starling, professor and physiologist at the University College of London. Before that, uh, budding endocrinologists had been using words such as products of the glands or internal secretions. But uh, hormone pretty much got it right and it's been with us ever since. Now in our modern world, flooded as we are by emails, cell phone calls, and text messages, uh, someone did a, st- did a study to decide how much that might, uh, might impair us. Researchers at the University of London uh, found that trying to work while checking messages temporarily knocks about 10 points off a person's IQ. They noted that smoking marijuana, by contrast, resulted in a loss of only four IQ points. And they've uh, they've coined a term, infomania, noting that uh, if left unchecked, infomania will damage a worker's performance by reducing their mental sharpness. Research goes on. In fact, I think we're all taking part in that research, aren't we? Final item for today from the obituary column, mathematician Dr. George Danzig passed away last week. He created the field of linear programming. He was the inventor of the simplex method, which is an algorithm for solving linear programming problems. It was noted um, in the obituary that the virtual simultaneous development of linear programming and computers led to an an explosion of applications, especially in the industrial sector. Uh, linear programming is what allows uh, airline industry, for example, to schedule crews. Uh, it's the tool that allows shipping companies to decide how many planes they need, where the delivery trucks should be located, etc. I'm not a mathematician. I, I wouldn't normally 
perhaps take note of this obituary, except uh, that it really clearly is important, and it contains this interesting little personal tidbit. According to uh, what I guess has become legend in mathematics, George Danzig was studying statistics at UC Berkeley, and he was under mathematician Jersey Nyman. Arriving late for class one day, he saw two problems on the blackboard that he assumed were homework assignments. He copied them down, took them home, and solved them after a few days. The problems seemed to be a little harder to do than usual, he said. Six weeks later, an excited Naaman banged on George Danzig's front door, eager to tell the student that the homework problems he had solved were two of the most famous unsolved problems in statistics. Doesn't that just cry out for a Hollywood treatment? I mean, he takes, he copies down two problems, solves them, and they are famous problems in statistics that up to that point had been unsolved. Dr. Danzig received a PhD from Berkeley in 1946, later became a research mathematician with the Rand Corporation, later joining Stanford University. But I, I just, I love that story. Unfortunately, we are out of time. Where does it all go? But um, we'll be back next Thursday at 5 o'clock, so we hope that uh, you will join us then. We may have Dr. Jared Diamond to talk about his book, Collapse, but that's not, not certain yet. Our thanks today to Phil Proctor. I hope he will come back on the show again. He's quite a guy. This has been Radio Parallax. I'm Douglas Everett. We will see you next Thursday, as I say, at 5 o'clock, we hope. In the meantime, you should stay tuned for Todd to follow. This is you, TV, for you, the viewer. The Howl of the Wolf movie. <laughs> Presenting honest stories of working people as told by rich Hollywood stars. <laughs> this morning's wacky feature, Porgy and Mudhead in High School Madness with Dave Kasman as Porgy and Joe Bertman as Mudhead. He's a spy and a girl delighter. Porgy, firefighter, he's a student like you. If you're looking for a captain of the ringball team, you can bet he won't be there. You'll find him popping off at Pop's sodium shop to trim a red with red hair. Tie a biter, just a student like you. Like me? Just a student like you. Stop singing and finish your homework. Just a student like you.